What's up, shitheads? First things first, I am so sorry that I got behind covering this for you guys. It was not my intention. As my paid subscribers know, aka the shithead community, I'm sitting in court 10 hours a day at least, and then I come home and I have to go through hundreds of pages of notes, and I start working on the podcast. Next thing you know, it is the wee hours of the morning, and I'm about to have to get ready and get back to the courthouse. So it's been a crazy week and I'm so sorry that I got behind, but we are about to get all caught up. Disclaimer here, I am reading to you guys directly from my notes that I took while I was sitting in the courtroom. That means that this is not going to be a 100% word-for-word accurate representation of every single word said in the courtroom, but rather me reading to you guys my notes that I took to the best of my ability while I was sitting in trial. This is also a very exclusive private crime news source, and we have so many people trying to join the page right now. And since I'm doing all of the Duggar trial, I really do not have time to vet everyone trying to become a new member. So what I did is I created a Duggar trial package on the website. So if you're new here and you're wanting to become a member of the page, I am not going to be able to vet everyone to become an actual member of the page right now. So I will not be accepting new members with full access while this trial is going on, since it is a very exclusive page. But I have set up a Duggar trial membership, and if you purchase that package, you will have access to all of the Duggar trial docs as well as a Duggar discussion group thread where I will be posting trial updates on my lunch breaks and we can also do a discussion of different topics and things throughout the trial. So if you purchase the Duggar trial package, you will be able to see all the court docs, partake in group discussions, start your own discussion, and you will be able to see posts and updates of what is going on during the trial because I will be posting updates on my breaks from trial to that group from now on. So if anyone wants to do that, you can get on the website and purchase the Duggar trial membership. I think it's pretty obvious based on the fact that I'm covering the Josh Duggar trial, what this podcast is going to be covering. But just in case, let me just put out a trigger warning as well as a disclaimer here that this podcast is going to be discussing child sex crimes and child pornography. And not that I care what people say about me on the internet, because I assure you I do not, but if you're new here, hi, I'm happy to have you and thank you for listening, but if you're new here, you should know that this podcast pairs with a private interactive crime news source that I run, and you should also know that this podcast is anonymous, so without giving up too much information, I come from an educational background in criminal justice, legal studies, sociology, and communications. So I am educated in this area. And beyond that, I have a family member that was murdered. So um, I have not only an educational background in crime, but I also have a personal background in this area. And because of that, I think it is very important that crimes are covered in their totality and that they are described and discussed as they are. Again, I don't care what's being said on the internet, but if you're new here, I just thought that I should address this because it might make it a more enjoyable experience for you while you are listening to obtain information on the Josh Duggar trial. If you know that I am educated in this area, so I do know what I'm talking about, and that I have a personal background in this area, so I understand what it's like as a human being to be the one who is in the courtroom for your family member and how things work from both sides. So again, because of all of that, I report things in their totality as they are. And I think it's crucial. I think it's very important to do that so that everyone has an actual understanding and full picture view of what's going on and how bad 
some of these crimes are. I think that the most important thing when you are covering cases is to cover the case. We are in a clickbait society and it's all about who wore what and who was upset and people are making up that people are upset just, you know, to get reads and stuff. That's not me. I am very blunt and honest in the way that I cover things and that is not out of a lack of respect. It's not out of a lack of emotional availability and it's not out of a lack of intelligence or education. It is because of my educational background and my personal background that I cover crime the way that I cover it. And I just wanted the new listeners to know so that you guys might have a better understanding of the way I report on crimes. Now, that being said, let's get to it because I have got to cover this second day of the Josh Duggar trial so that I can post this episode and the internet troll that made me have to address that can then listen to this podcast and steal all my information and then not give me credit for it, but talk shit about me. So let's get to it so that we can all help out the internet trolls. Day two of the Josh Duggar trial. So this is December 2nd, 2021. I get to the courthouse, I go get situated. And if you remember in the last episode, I mentioned that the front row directly in front of me is the Duggar family row and it was quite empty. So day two, I think that perhaps somebody realized that that didn't look so great because on day two, we had more people sitting in the Duggar family row. Jim Bob Duggar, definitely not there. Michelle Duggar, definitely not there. And I am 99.9% sure that some of the people filling the seats up there were law clerks or non-family members that were hustled to sit and fill those seats. Picking up where we left off from day one in the courtroom, it is defense and defense attorney Gelfand talking to Special Agent Faulkner. Gelfand, Agent, when you testified yesterday, you testified about November 8th, 2019, estimated six months after seeing the images. Faulkner, yes, sir. Gelfand, you testified that you participated in a 51-minute interview. Yes, sir. Gelfand, you were in your personal car. Faulkner, well, the car has video and lights installed, but there's no cage. Gelfand, we discussed... Why recording the audio is important so that you can hear everything. Yes, Gelfand, Josh Duggar told you someone used his phone to take pictures. Objection, hearsay, all withdraw, overruled. And then Dustin Roberts said, may I explain? He's referencing statements, not in evidence. They then approach the bench. They discuss the evidence being admitted Prosecution says that they are okay with it, but only admitting what has already been admitted into evidence. Defense says it's evidence, government's exhibit 22. Prosecution says, your honor, is that the only thing on the thumb drive? The judge says, I will need to identify later, but you need to identify it. And we are waiting for a copy of the evidence and making sure that what evidence y'all are submitting is the same copy that the government has. Basically, he tells them that they need to work out all of this and not waste time on evidence. Defense says that Exhibit 68 is a portion of government's Exhibit 22. There is no objection and Defense Exhibit 68 is received. It's an audio recording and it says, the phone's in your pocket. Josh Duggar says, sometimes I have a guy who takes pics with my phone, so it's not password protected. Josh Duggar says, it's not very secure and everyone knows it. The audio stops. And that is an audio clip from the interview yesterday with Detective Faulkner and Detective Acock with Josh Duggar in the unmarked car. Galfan, this is the only phone that you took for evidence. And it's clearly a reference to the fact that they only took Josh's phone. Faulkner, yes. Galfand. Over this interview with Josh Duggar, you discuss the HP computer. Galfan, you physically saw the computer. Faulkner, yes. Galfan, it was physically plugged into the wall. Faulkner, yes. 
Defense Exhibit 25 is put up and to explain this picture to you all. It is a close-up picture of a window and a partial view of the desk in Josh Duggar's office. And this router for the computer that you can see the edge of on the desk is sitting on the window seal. Galfand, what's a router? Faulkner, it allows a business to accept internet from other devices as well as provides internet. Galfand, routers store things. Faulkner, I'm not aware. Galfand, whose decision was it to not collect the router? Faulkner, it was a collective decision. Galfand, who's overall in charge? And Agent Faulkner says, Detective Acock, Faulkner, and Pryor. Galfand, you didn't seize it. Faulkner, no, sir. Defense Exhibit 69, and it is an audio file. We noticed inside there was another computer inside. Josh Duggar. Now password protected, but the guys who work here pretty much are the ones who use it, and I have a password written for it. Galfand. The voice on this clip is you. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. You testified yesterday about Torrent. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. You used the phrase dark web. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. You testified you are familiar. Faulkner. Only through work, but not personal. Galfand. But it's just a browser like Firefox or Safari. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. All it does is allow someone to access the internet. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. You could buy a browser on Amazon. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. Millions of people use these browsers. Faulkner. Yes. Galfand. Nothing illegal about using it. Faulkner. No, sir. Galfand. What's this about? Has someone been downloading child pornography? That quote was referenced. And Faulkner says, yes. Galfand, you never circled back to this. Faulkner, we never circled back, but we did cover it. And they're talking about the recording that was discussed yesterday. Galfand, section two is a portion of government's exhibit 22. For the record, what you're looking at is correct. Faulkner says yes. Galfand, during section two, he says, what are you here for? And then you say, we are getting to that. Faulkner says, yes, sir. Galfan says, if he had really said that, why did you not circle back then? At this point, Judge Brooks addresses Galfan and says that he needs to move on. This was covered yesterday. Galfan says, the bottom line is that you never circled back. And Faulkner says, no, but we did cover the topic. Galfan in discussions played yesterday, you referred to forensic analysis on site. Faulkner, yes, sir. Galfan, you refer to Marshall Kennedy. Faulkner, yes, sir. Galfan, they came in a van, correct? Faulkner, yes. Galfan, so they had everything. Faulkner, not exactly. To be, may I explain? They bring the evidence that they think is necessary to have to evaluate evidence on site for cases. Galfan. To examine. Faulkner. Yes, sir. Galfan. Over course of interview with Josh, you expressingly told Josh Duggar what happened at the car lot was at 10 to 11 p.m. Faulkner. Yes. Galfan. You miscalculated the time. Faulkner, yes, I use other times and places and, you know, of course, travels to save kids and work on cases and he bounces around from different time frames. So sometimes he gets the times wrong. Galfan, yes or no? Faulkner, I did make a time mistake. Now that we have established who's asking the questions and who's answering them and you've got a feel for who's doing what. I'm going to drop the names and just read the questions and answers, and I will only use the names when I think it's necessary to use them to prevent confusion. All questions were related to 10 and 11 p.m. at night. Yes, sir. You admitted how nothing happened between 11 and 10 p.m. at night. Correct. It was mid to late. It was 5 to 6 p.m. at night. Yes. 
while the car lot was open for business. I don't know if open, but it should have been. So you didn't ask about the normal business hours. Gelfan then says, so you messed up another interview on that same day as it related to time. Galfan. With Randall, yes. Faulkner. Government's Exhibit 22. He said he wasn't admitting guilt. Yes. This was after you mentioned inappropriate content. Yes. You realize inappropriate content, it means different things to different people. Yes. You realize Josh Duggar is a very religious man. Objection. I'll withdraw. Yes. Exhibit 43. Do you recognize this? Yes. It's the search warrant. Move to enter Exhibit 43 into evidence. Do you see Exhibit 43? Yes. This is your signature and printed name. Yes. To be clear, it says executed November 8th at 5. No, sir. Executed and seized time are different. It was executed at 3. 5 is the time that it was seized. Galfan says, right, but. And Faulkner says, I just wanted to clarify. They then show Exhibit 43, and it's a list. And it's items that were seized during the search warrant. So it says phone, MacBook computer, a video recorder, a desktop computer, three SD cards, and two thumb drives. You seized all of these items. Yes, sir. You had the ability to check these items. Yes, sir. You seized these items because they needed to be reviewed. Yes, sir. At this point in Josh Duggar's investigation, you didn't know everything important to seize. Anything you later search for could be a smoking gun in this case, correct? From what we seized, you had Randall Berry's phone in your hands. No, I didn't. Someone did. Yes. Did you create inventory of what was on that phone? I didn't. Can I explain? The guy looked for three of the things we discussed yesterday. None of that was found. Thus, it was forensically cleared and given back. You had authority to seize devices even if they didn't belong to Wholesale Motors Company. If on site, yes. There is no evidence you searched Randall Berry's phone. Correct. You referenced discussion with Randall Berry a minute ago. When did Randall Berry tell you he worked at Wholesale Motors Company? Objection, hearsay. It's not hearsay. Yes, it is. It's the very definition of hearsay. No, Judge Brooks, I'll allow it. Prosecuting attorney then pushes back against it being overruled, but it is overruled. You can answer. Our understanding is that he began working for Wholesale Motors Company in June of 2019, specifically June 11th. When you left the car lot that day, did you believe that? Correct. When was the next date that you met with Randall Berry? I don't know exact day, but last couple of months. After the charges? Yes. When did you first meet with Caleb Williams? November 2021. So within the last couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Over the investigation, your team never searched Caleb Williams' phone. No. His name never came up until the defense's motion, and he was determined to be in Illinois. I know you like to talk, but it's a yes or no answer. Yes. Did you know that he had Bitcoin? Did you check his business? Objection. He said he could prove that he was not there. Brooks, we're running into a 602 issue. If you believe it has 602 knowledge of, then okay. If not, you need to build a foundation to go on. Did you investigate his employment history? No, sir. Did you check his devices? No, sir. Did you discover he sold cars for wholesale motor companies in objection? Judge Brooks says, here's the 602 issue. Ask questions. Don't testify through your questions. Jury, remember questions of lawyers are not evidence. Did you come across evidence that Caleb Williams sold a car at Wholesale Motor Company? No, I did not. That's your testimony. Me, nor anyone else, did. They start to discuss Government's Exhibit 23. Yes, you said these are paychecks for Wholesale Motor Company. 
Yes. These say who paid, not who's there. Correct. It doesn't show who was paid in cash. Are you aware of what a transmission is? Initially, I wasn't. I am now dealing with this investigation. You say several times for this case that you were looking for who was behind the keyboard. Correct. You say this router was never seized. No. You never considered its evidence of remote evidence, did you? Forensics didn't, so we did not seize it. So you didn't consider it. To this day, that has never been a defense that they've found. (laughs) William Mize lets you search his phone. Yes. Did you search it? Can I explain? No. Yes or no? No. Now, there is no record of that phone. No. Just a minute, Your Honor. Higdon is who would have knowledge of Randall Berry's phone? Yes. Who would have done the triage for evidence on Mize's phone? Myself and Acock. What qualifications do you have to do a triage on a phone? Personal experience and training. You didn't look for unallocated space. We don't have the tools to search all of that there on site. But you do have agents. Your Honor, we can pass the witness. This will now be Prosecutor Dustin Roberts questioning Agent Faulkner. If there was evidence of hacking, would you have investigated? Yes, sir. Objection. Hearsay. Rephrase. We couldn't put him at the car lot. Why didn't you investigate Randall Barry? He was cleared by his phone that day. If you had reasonable doubt, would you have kept his phone? Yes, sir. Defense asks you why you didn't search Caleb Williams' phone. We didn't have cause to search Caleb Williams. If you see devices with evidence, do you seize? Yes, sir. Defense refers to Tor as just a browser, is it? From my experience, no. There's the surface web and then there's the dark web. There is a difference between surface web and dark web. Yes. What's the dark web used for? Objection. Overruled. You can trade child pornography and even buy a child. It's a known trafficking website and a known place to get child pornography. So this is known to law enforcement officers? Yes. So it's a tool to go on the dark web. Personally, I don't see any reason, not criminal, to get on the dark web. I missed the question, but they're talking about the passwords, and they say that the password is Joshua JJ. Then Dustin Roberts says, not until 1988, and Faulkner says, no, sir. Dustin Roberts then says, why did you not seize the router? The experts didn't find forensic evidence to take it, and there's not been one in the past either. The choice to seize is made entirely by you? No, collectively. Yes and no. It heavily relies on info from the service provider. Sometimes they get it back in three days, sometimes six months, and it also depends on the cases. Reports were made on the phone. And aware of this, it was given to the defense. Yes, sir. Did Joshua Duggar give you the password to his phone? No, sir. Did that keep you from searching his phone on site? Yes, sir, especially for a Mac. Objection. Pre-trial ruling. I don't understand that. Judge Brooks says I don't either, so they have to approach the bench for a little sidebar. In the audio we heard yesterday, Josh Duggar declined to give you his password. Yes. If you do not have a password to a phone, you can't check it on scene. We can, but not in our budget, so we have to take it to the lab. Not something you can do in a day. Without too many details, they make an exact copy of the device, so evidence is in its natural state. 
Is it accurate to say forensics depend on cases completely? Yes, like I said yesterday, we've only caught one person in 11 years red-handed. Then again, Josh Duggar's statement, has someone been downloading child pornography, is debated about again. Faulkner says, we were caught off guard. Dustin Roberts, did he say those exact words? Yes, sir. Did you circle back but just not say those exact words? Yes, it's in the documents. Again, in the documents given to defense in discovery. Yes, sir. Defense referenced it being a fishbowl, and they're talking about the car lot. Yes, sir. They bring up Government's Exhibit 6, and it is the aerial view of the car lot, and you can see the road that the car lot is off of, as well as the interstate. And in the picture, you can see some sheds on some property across the road, as well as what appears to be an old chicken house, but not confirmed. How far from Springdale is this? Six to eight miles? Did anyone show up? Any customers? No, sir. They then show Exhibit 12. With regards to the fishbowl, what is this? And it's a picture of the corner of the office. It's like if you think about a square, they're standing in one corner and they're taking a picture of the opposite corner of the office. So you can see two windows and you can see the desk. And he's saying, what's this? And he's pointing at the windows. And Faulkner says, blinds. Dustin Roberts says, to do what? And Faulkner says, to cover a window. They then bring up Exhibit 13. And it is, again, a picture of the very front window of the car lot office, if you are inside of it. And you can see out the front window, and there are security screens mounted at the top of the window. Dustin Roberts says, so if someone was sitting here, they have a clear view of the front of the car lot. Faulkner says, yes, sir. Prosecution then says, pass the witness. Again, this means that the defense attorney, Gal Fan, is about to be questioning Special Agent Faulkner. He asked you if you need legal basis, but you can ask for consent, right? And he's talking about searching phones on site when they serve the search warrant. Yes, but did you do this with Caleb Williams? I've never met Caleb Williams. You're saying no possible evidence on this router. They, forensics, said no evidence on the router. But you said you could decide to take the router. But collectively, we decided that it wasn't necessary. Are their docs saying that Meisenberry's phones were cleared? Not forensically. So you can't say what PowerPoint or Word documents were opened? No. The government writes these reports. Yes, sir. Reports that you author. Yes, sir. No one can edit these reports. Our supervisors can. Was he there to hear Josh Duggar say, has someone been downloading child pornography? No. So what good is he in authorizing it? Based on myself and Agent Acock? Then they bring up Government's Exhibit 13. Is there blinds on the front window? No. Were there blinds on the side window in 2019? I don't know. The witness is then again passed back to Dustin Roberts for questioning. Mize gave you permission to check his phone. Yes, but didn't have probable cause to take it from him or legal authority to do so since the phone was cleared. Does a router play into these cases? We've never had a router involved in a peer-to-peer case. Does the password have anything to do with child pornography? No, sir. And once again, they bring up Josh Duggar saying, was someone downloading child pornography? And Faulkner says, yes, it was so shocking that I remembered it. This is 9.50 in the morning and we take our morning break. 
I take a quick break to run to the car, update you guys, and then run back. And at 1035, we stand for the judge and jury to enter the courtroom. It is now going to be Dustin Roberts for the prosecution questioning the next witness, which is Matthew Waller. The government calls Matthew Waller. He is then sworn in and takes a seat. He states his name for the record and spells it. Where do you live currently? Harris, Minnesota. How long have you lived there? Um, two years we built a house. Did you move there in May of 2019? Correct. Prior to moving there, where did you live? Tawnytown. Where did you work? Wholesale Motor Company. Would it be correct that you are the name on these paychecks? Yes, sir. Who was your boss? Josh Duggar. How did you meet him? My sister-in-law's sister is Anna. I don't know how I met him exactly. So your distant family? Yes. Was January around the time you started working there? I think February, but yeah. When did you leave? Mid to late April. They then bring up Government's Exhibit 23, which is a check for $264. And it says that it is dated for January 26th. Were you on commission? I don't know if hourly or commission. It was probably commission-based. February 23rd, is that your name? Yes, sir. Is this March 11th you? Yes, sir. And they're just going through checks. May 16th, 2019, and the check is for $1,500. Is this correct? If that's what it says. Who else worked with you at Wholesale Motors Company? Just me and Joshua Duggar. Can you tell about the office setup, how you entered it? There is a keypad on the door. Did you ever give anyone the key code? No, just Josh and I. Did you ever see anyone using the key code? Josh and myself. On the 12th, is this how the office looked? Yes, sir. Is this the computer? Yes, sir. Did you see anyone else on the computer? Josh Duggar. Did you give anyone the password to the computer? No, sir. There was a black and white camera. Were these there when you were? Black was. I couldn't tell you about the white. What did you assume about the camera? Did you think Josh Duggar could view you in the office? That's my understanding. Why did you leave Wholesale Motors Company? To help my parents. Did you have a conference with Mr. Duggar? Yes, a homeschool conference. It was about five or six days. When was it over? Friday or Saturday? May 3rd or 4th? One second, Your Honor. One more question. Are you familiar? Do you know who the defendant is married to? Anna Duggar. Pass the witness. So now this is going to be the defense attorney Travis Story questioning Matthew Waller. You were employed with Wholesale Motors Company in 2019. Yes. You established the dates that you worked there. Yes, sir. You went to the homeschool conference where? East Texas. Were you homeschooled? Yes. Do you know if Josh Duggar was homeschooled? Objection. Overruled. Yes. Did Josh Duggar get a GED? I don't know. Did Josh Duggar have college experience? I don't know. What was your responsibility at the car lot? To sell cars, detail them. You did what needed to be done. Yes. What did you do to complete the transactions? And he means when he sells a car. Use the computer for the bill of sale, fill out paperwork. You printed using the computer in the office. Yes. Did you use any specialized software? Objection, leading, sustained. Can you tell me the name of the software? Frazier. They then mention Defense Exhibit 24, and this is a picture of the computer, and he says, is this the computer you used? He says, correct. 
You said you don't remember the password. Was it Intel 1988? That rings a bell. When at the car lot, you said you and Josh Duggar worked there, y'all were the only ones full time. Yes, as I understood it. Were there lots of people who came by? Customers. Do you know who William Mize is? Yes, he's an ex-vet, military guy. I don't know much. Was he frequently there? Every once in a while, not abnormal to see him. Did he do odd jobs? Not that I recall. Who is Joshua Williams? Worked for Josh Duggar before I was there. Heard good salesman, that's all I know. When there did Joshua Williams come on the lot? I don't recall. Several Williams. Some were there. His truck was on the lot. 2010-2014 Ford pickup. When at the lot, and he brings up Government's Exhibit 10, which is a picture of the outside of this office on the lot. And just to refresh you guys' memory, because we're going over so much stuff at once, when they're showing this picture, there's like the shoebox looking office. And then to the side, there's like one of those mini offices with a front porch. It's something that you would like see at Lowe's. So there are two offices side by side, but one is under construction and one is the office that they actually use. Do you recognize the office? It looks different. It looks red in this picture. And it also looks like two offices. The one in the back wasn't there. It also looks like a different color. Travis Story asks if he thinks that it's mainly just the picture that makes it look like it's a different color. Was that there during your time at Wholesale Motors Company? No. Were others ever in the office? Yes. Who? Anyone who bought a car. People hanging out. Mize, if cold, hung in there, but very small office. Government's Exhibit 15. That looks more like it. And he's just showing another picture of the offices on the lot. The shed, that wasn't there when you were there? I don't recall seeing that, no. Did the office have blinds? I don't recall. Would it get hot or hard to see the computer? Objection, leading, withdraw. You don't remember blinds? I don't recall for sure. During the time there, was there internet service? Yes. What kind of service? Satellite? Not 100%. Did you change service? Yes. Changed to who? I do not know, but I remember them installing it. You remember when it was installed? I don't remember. Maybe early April. They installed the internet when I was there. Pass the witness, Your Honor. And for the record, I'm about to read these really angry because my notes, and this is no exaggeration, say he is psycho pissed. (laughs) Um, Because when Dustin Roberts gets back up there, he is definitely not happy. We had a conversation before court, didn't we? Yes. I said, I think you're hiding something, didn't I? Correct. And you didn't tell anyone a word about Intel 1988. Travis Story says, objection. We had pretrial. Dustin Roberts says, I don't understand, Mr. Story. And Judge Brooks says, you're the one who brought up the password overruled. You didn't recall with Homeland Security. No. You spoke with defense after Homeland Security. Yes. When Homeland Security was on Duggar residence recently, you asked them to leave. It was private property. Yes or no? Yes. Now you remember? It sounds faintly familiar. I never had to remember the password. Was it vaguely familiar as the password to Josh Duggar's bank account? I didn't know his bank account password. You said people were inside the office depending on if it was a cold day or not. Yes. Judge says for them not to talk over each other. And you should just note that as mad as Dustin Roberts is, that's as equally how smug the witness is being towards him. It was a sight to see. Do you remember saying this yes or no? Yes. In May, is it typically hot or cold? I'm not from Arkansas, so I don't know much. I don't know. Pass the witness, Your Honor. So again, this is going to be Travis Story with the defense questioning him. 
Did the government ever expressingly ask you about Intel 1988 being a password? I don't know. It's hard to recall. It's hard to tell which attorneys work for who and who's who. Did we ask you questions or give you answers? Asked questions. The witness is passed again, and Judge Brooks tells Mr. Roberts that we can only beat this horse so many times. So now this is Dustin Roberts again with the prosecution. Sir, you were asked about this password. Yes. Did you hear Josh Duggar tell you this when talking to a bank? I don't know. They are completely done with this witness. He gets off the stand and he is actually smiling this like smug look on his face as he walks back to sit in the rows with the galley, which is everyone on the other side of the courtroom who's not partaking in the actual trial. It's 1.55. The next witness is called up and it's Jeffrey Walford and it's going to be Dustin Roberts questioning Jeffrey Walford. He's sworn in to give his name, all that good stuff. Where are you employed? With Covenant Eyes, I'm Vice President of Technology. Then he says that our service tracks and monitors your devices and it tells your partner, what is your service primarily used for? Pornography. How does it work? It tracks problematic searches. And he goes into more depth, but I didn't catch all of it. Exhibit 69 and 70. Prior to testifying, have you seen this document? Yes, this is the kind of report that we send to accountability partners. Covenant Eyes does maintain these accountability report logs. Yes. Is that consistent with reports that you send? Yes. Did we send a subpoena for Josh Duggar and Anna Duggar's records? Yes. Are you the custodian of those records? Yes. Different internet filter options are with Covenant Eyes. We have a few aspects to what we do. One, accountability doesn't stop you, but it does tell your accountability partner that you were looking. And we can also block people from going to those places. What's the rating process? Our software today is not the same as it was in 2019, so I will discuss the 2019 version. It tracks URLs, rather complex, of analyzing the badness of those URLs which are being searched. What is Josh Duggar's sensitivity level? Mature teen. If you were looking at porn of any kind, would it catch it? That level would want to catch that, yes. Would it catch a Tor browser? It might, but it would send a report. Hypothetically speaking, if a Linux partition was downloaded, how would y'all react? It's very technical. It's a computer on a computer. Objection. Judge Brooks says perhaps lay more of a foundation. Does Covenant Eyes work with Windows? Yes. Does Covenant Eyes work with a Linux partition? No. What would Covenant Eyes catch from the Linux side? Nothing. So you would have no accountability report? No. Pass the witness? This is now going to be the defense questioning the witness. Let's talk about what Covenant Eyes is and isn't. People choose to use it. Yes. You can choose to buy a subscription. Yes. Pay a monthly fee. Yes. So it's like Netflix. That's a good analogy. To use the software, you download it onto an electronic device. Correct. So I can choose which devices it goes on. Yes. So if I want it to be on some devices and not others, there is no way to monitor this. Yes. Do you designate an ally to get monitored reports? Correct. The idea is self-accountability. That's fair. That's a fair synopsis. That's fair. You send out, and I put a blank because I didn't catch the amount of numbers that he said, of reports. I don't know. Well, I got that off your website. <laughs> I trust you. This software is for computers, tablets, phones. Correct. So if I want to get around this, I just buy a new one. Correct. Windows, it does watch, but not the Linux side. Correct. Why not Linux? Not that many users use Linux. And what he's saying is not that many people use the Linux partition, so their software is not designed to catch things on a Linux partition. Why is that? It tends to be more of a sophisticated user. Pass the witness, Your Honor. 
This means that Dustin Roberts is now going to be questioning the witness again, and he says, So someone can buy a new device or just download the Linux partition? Yes. This witness is then dismissed, and the next witness for the prosecution is called up, which is Jeff Pryor. How are you employed? Homeland Security. And you're assigned to where? Right now, Fort Smith, but I'm permanently assigned to the Fayetteville office. Were you with a different agency before you were with Homeland Security? I was with the DOJ. How many times have you been the lead in a case? Over a hundred. How many times have you testified in a court? Countless. Are you familiar with this case? Yes. They discussed that they took pictures of the evidence during the search warrant and the evaluation of those evidence. Dustin Roberts then says, list of evidence. Apple phone, HP computer, Mac laptop, DUR for camera, thumb drives. If I understand your role, you were there to document and seize evidence. Yes. How do you determine what to take? Totality of the circumstances is exercised on the case. Is the device even possible to have done the crime? Was the owner of the device present when the crime was committed? How is evidence collected? It's identified, bagged, put into the evidentiary system, given an evidence, an item number, and he goes through the list. Evidence is handled in a secure matter to protect the integrity. Yes. Exhibit 14, and it's a picture of the HP desktop. Is this what you saw that day during the search warrant? Yes. Gets up to view evidence number 26, which is the actual computer. So Dustin Roberts picks up the actual packaged safely so nothing can happen to it, HP computer, and walks it over to the witness to confirm that that is the exact computer in the evidence picture. Are you the agent that sealed this for court? Yes. Are you familiar with trademark inscriptions? Yes. Can you explain? Serial numbers that identify and say when and where the object was made. Dustin Roberts shows him the actual laptop again, which is evidence 27, and the pick is evidence 19. Made in China means it had to travel. Yes, it had to get into the United States. Pass the witness. I then made a note that they mentioned that they went out of order for the witnesses, so they were checking evidence to make sure everything was in line. The defense attorney then gets up to question this witness. You collected various USB drives, correct? You took several into evidence that day, yes. May I approach, Your Honor? Yes. You do recognize what we marked as Defense Exhibit 567? Yes. Are they the thumb drives we discussed earlier? Yes. It gets admitted into evidence. During your time on the car lot, you were tasked with inventorying several items and areas. Yes, and then to leave a receipt. If you could, turn to Defense Exhibit 44. Do you recognize? Yes. What is it? It's the placards we put out to mark evidence, and they move to admit Exhibit 44 into evidence, and it's received. They put a picture up, and it's like a piece of paper that says roommate. It's filled out, and it's taped to a door. And this is on Office West. Office West refers to what? The shed by the main office. Is that your signature at the bottom? Correct. They then pull up the next picture, which is the same as the previous picture, except for it says Room B, and it's a list of everything that was taken and seized as evidence for Room B. And it's the main office. Four agents searched it and signed for it, and it has a list of the items that are removed and the four agents that were in there doing so. You found a cell phone. How do we identify that? It may or may not leave. And then they bring up another one, and it's a picture, and it says Room C. And this is where they found the laptop. Shows a list of items seized and says, is this an accurate list of what was seized? Yes. Defense Exhibit 28. Do you recognize this? Yes, it's an Apple iPhone seized that belongs to Mr. Duggar. What's the yellow? That's a placard to establish the potential evidence for pictures. Does each piece of evidence get its own placard and pick? Yes. Defense Exhibit 29. And to describe the picture for you, it is a picture of zoomed in on like the top of a desk and there's an iPhone laying face down and it has like a black and white digital camo print on it and it has an evidence marker three to the left. It's then mentioned that he doesn't know who the phone belongs to, but it was found in the desk of the main office by the HP computer. 
They then show Defense Exhibit 33, and it's a case, and basically just to give you a better visual, picture an old brown leather laptop bag. And that's what it is sitting on something, and it's unzipped, so you can see the laptop placed inside of this brown leather bag. Was there a tag on the case? As you pointed out, yes, the tag says Josh. And what they mean by that, just to be clear, because you're not getting the full visual, is on this old brown leather bag that you can see the laptop in, there's some type of tag attached to the strap of the bag that says Josh's name on it. Did you take anything from the bag? Yes, the laptop. They then show a picture of the laptop, and again, it's the picture with evidence marker number 8 next to a, a closed MacBook Pro that has an old retro Mac hard case on it. The defense then asked him to explain why it has eight on it. And the reason why they're doing this is because defense exhibit 33 is a picture of the bag and the bag also has evidence marker number eight on it. So he's wanting to know why the bag also has evidence marker eight as well as the laptop having evidence marker eight if everything has a different number when they're collecting and cataloging all of the evidence. And he explains that Eight is there because we are using that to identify that they got that from the bag marked as evidence eight. They then show defense exhibit 25. And again, this is a picture of the corner of a window that has the router sitting on it. What is this? It's the pic I took to identify the modem. What is a modem? I'm not an expert. Does it connect to the outside internet? Yes. Is it your job to collect items with evidentiary value? Yes. Does a router have evidentiary value? I don't know. You would have to ask the forensic experts. Was the router taken? No. One second, Your Honor. They passed the witness. So now again, this will be the prosecution asking questions to the witness. Items were seized based on the totality of the circumstances. Yes. Is it accurate if an item wasn't seized, it was cleared by forensics? Yes. He's excused. At this point, we break for lunch. And in case you also need a break, I'm going to end this podcast here. Then everything that happened in court this day post-lunch to the end of the day will be part two. 